This is a broadcast of Holland United Church of Christ. At Holland UCC, we seek to open the mind and engage the heart. We are a community of justice, peace, and affirmation in Holland, Michigan, where everyone is welcome to the table. A reading of scripture, uh, the Holy Gospel according to Mark 2, Mark 2, 23 through 28. One Sabbath he was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need of food? He entered the house of God when Abiathar was high priest and ate the bread of the presence, which it is not lawful for any but the priests to eat. And he gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for humankind, not humankind for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Well, it's so strange in some ways to be back together again, isn't it? Strange, but good. Strange, but good. And as I thought back a while, what would I preach on when we finally got back together again in person? I wondered and wasn't sure. And our church follows uh, the lectionary, which is... Uh, a division of scripture readings throughout all 52 Sundays of the year, according to the church ha- calendar. And there's a gospel reading, an epistle, a psalm, and, and a Hebrew Bible reading. And I found, since I've been using the lectionary uh, for some time now, that so often, providentially or serendipitously or some other way, there's really a great word in the lectionary texts for whatever it is that's happening in our lives or in our world at the moment. And I feel like today that's true as well. We'll discover that one of the guiding principles for Jesus as he goes through life in the first century is what is it that gives life in this moment? What is it that gives life in this moment? So it's spoiler, that's like the main theme of my whole message. So if you don't hear anything else, that's the key question. What is it that gives life in this moment? It was a good question for them for the times they lived in and a good question for us here on the backside of a global pandemic. A pandemic, of course, as we've noted, that's not over by any stretch, and yet as more and more of us get vaccinated, we find ourselves peeking around the corner, tiptoeing back into life as we knew it in the before times. And we're not quite sure how quick. Some of us are ready to jump around the corner, some of us are you know, kind of peeking around the edge, and we're all kind of in different places and trying to figure figure this whole thing out. And I joked on Twitter that as I was planning the service uh, for today, could I just pre-record and send the tape, and you all could just <laughs> gather and we'll put up a screen, and Brian, Brian isn't ready yet. But you can identify with that, right? Uh, you, we've all had different stages with our own lives, whether it's our own work schedule, school, extended family, whatever it is. We've all had to make decisions about when and how we're ready to to reconnect, to regather, to return to some sort of normal. And it's not easy to go from 15 months of quarantine or semi-quarantine life to something different, or maybe it was just taking care of ourselves or or us and a few family members or 
or just you and your pet gerbil. <laughs> and you could choose whether or not to join the Zoom meetup, right? Or you could choose what you wanted to wear to the Zoom meetup, right? It only half mattered what you wore <laughs> to the Zoom meetup. I don't know if anyone here today is going with that Zoom, Zoom attire theme, but you know, you could, you could try it, you could try it. Just so I forgot we were in person. Um, and you could choose how much or how little you wanted to engage digitally. I'd ask for a show of hands of how many of you persisted with our online services, but I don't need to feel bad about things, so, so I'm not going to ask for that show of hands. And of course, zero shame for whether you watch none of our services, all of them, or anywhere in between, right? We all had to figure out how much that platform and could give us nourishment and meaning, so no worries. But the question remains, as we enter into this new landscape, what is it that gives life in this moment? Well, in our text, Jesus and the disciples are navigating a central Jewish religious institution, the Sabbath. And the Sabbath was not just a tradition, not just something nice to do. It really was an institution, something that was taken uh, seriously and that was embedded in the story of creation itself. As Genesis tells us, by the seventh day, God had finished doing the work God had been doing. So on the seventh day, God rested from all the work. So there, at the very beginning of the story of the creation of the world, Sabbath is there embedded. And so this was an incredibly serious practice and tradition in Jewish life. In fact, there's a story in the Torah, in the book of Numbers, that highlights just how serious this was. And I'll read an excerpt. This is from Numbers 15. While the Israelites were in the wilderness, a man was found gathering wood on the Sabbath day. Those who found him gathering wood brought him to Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly, and they kept him in custody because it was not clear what should be done to him. So some guy collecting firewood. Seems a pretty harmless thing. But it was the Sabbath, and so they put him in custody. They weren't sure what to do with him. Then the Lord said to Moses, the man must die. The whole assembly must stone him outside the camp. So the assembly took him outside the camp and stoned him to death as the Lord commanded Moses. The Sabbath was not a joke. It was super serious. It's like God the divine parent telling humanity, you will take a nap or else. <laughs> And so unsurprisingly, given this story and their tradition and others like it, the experts in the law, the Pharisees, and eventually the rabbis worked really hard to say, how can we be sure we are honoring and observing the Sabbath? And uh, they, there's a whole body of ritual law or holocaust surrounding the Sabbath, two major tracts of the Talmud, around 200 chapters of very stringent rules on how to properly observe, obey, and honor the Sabbath. So Jesus and his disciples are walking through a field on the Sabbath in our text. Now, walking was permitted on the Sabbath, though some traditions today don't allow driving. So this was not a Jesus take the wheel moment. That joke worked in my head. <laughs> but they're walking through a field and they're hungry, right? They're hungry. And... Uh, they grab some heads of grain, and they eat them. Well, this sets off some Sabbath alarm bells for some of the Pharisees. Jesus, you can't walk and chew grain at the same time. 
I just, I've got some dad jokes stored up, you know, it's been so long. You're just gonna have to, just gonna have to bear with me. Okay, that's not what they said. They said, Jesus, you and your disciples are violating the Sabbath. You're violating the Sabbath. Not a small thing, right? Think of the guy collecting firewood. And Jesus, like a good Jew or a good defense lawyer, appeals to precedence. Have you never read, he starts out, which is already an insult, because the people he's talking to not only have read what he's about to tell them, they likely have the whole story and text memorized. He says, have you never read, and he refers to a moment when David and his companions were hungry, and David uses his, I guess, kingly authority to use to take bread that was meant to offer to God, only the priests were supposed to eat this, the bread of the presence, out of the tabernacle, and they eat it. So it's not a direct analogy to the situation, but it's the breaking of a law because there's a higher purpose in play. There's a higher purpose in play. And that purpose is, what is it that gives life in this moment? And so if the laws and traditions we've constructed or that God has given us are no longer giving life, right, we have the right to break them or at least reframe our understanding of them. And then Jesus, as a good defense lawyer, delivers his closing argument. The Sabbath was made for humankind, not humankind for the Sabbath. In other words, the point of this thing was to help humanity be more full, experience more goodness, live as God intended you to live. And if we make that thing more important than actual people who was meant to help, we're getting something backwards. than simply deflating some Pharisaic holiness code. He's raising a political and a justice issue as well. A political and justice issue. He's highlighting the plight of the poor who were not in a privileged position to maybe not choose to pluck and eat grain on the Sabbath. And so this wasn't just a let's make the Pharisees mad moment. It was an act of civil disobedience and solidarity with the poor. And so if our rules, our habits, traditions, customs, and institutions are no longer life-giving, it's time for us to reconsider those things. And this pandemic has given us plenty of opportunity, hasn't it, to ask and answer that question, what is it that gives life? What is it that gives life? And in the beginning, it seemed pretty easy, right? We were told, wear a mask, social distance, don't gather with others. And that's what's going to help Give life, save life, stop the spread. And we took that so seriously, we met online for 70-some Sundays in a row, right? That's how seriously we took that. And when vaccines became available that proved very effective against the virus, uh, most of us knew implicitly it was the right thing to do, to get a vaccine. So up to that point, everything seemed fairly straightforward, right? Medical experts scientists, just give us instructions. We'll go from there. But now, right, we're entering more murky territory. How to reemerge again socially after a year of being antisocial, especially those of us who were antisocial before the pandemic. (laughs) 
Suddenly the CDC says, if you're vaccinated, you can take off the mask. You can gather again with others. And the state of Michigan says, outdoor gatherings can be full capacity. And some of us are like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm not ready for that yet. Catherine Wu wrote a terrific article for The Atlantic entitled, Post-Vaccination Inertia is Real. Anyone feeling that? Post-vaccination inertia is real. The subheader is readjusting our ideas about what's safe is going to take time. And she quotes a health psychologist who says, I've had nightmares or dreams where I'm in a crowded place and I'm not wearing a mask and no one else is. I had that dream just this past week, even though I've been fully vaccinated for like a month plus. But I, we've had these behaviors ingrained into us. And Wu says, unlearning those emotional associations requires making some sharp U-turns, and each person's mileage will vary. Some of us are ready to hit full speed ahead, and some of us are going to experience whiplash. And Wu continues, she says, we've conditioned ourselves to behave in a certain way for the past year, and these pandemic behaviors are deeply ingrained, going past the point of routine and entering into the realm of dogma. Ouch. Okay. Maybe she's right. And of course, once we've established dogma, we're really good at enforcing it upon others. And yet the guiding question for us this morning is what is giving life for you right now? And notice I added for you. What is giving life for you right now? And please hear me say I'm not saying question the science or just assume that you know better than scientists. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about how to re-engage again, not about whether we should follow what keeps us safe and has gotten us this far. Keep doing that. Do you hear that distinction? I hope. I hope you hear that distinction. But we're entering new territory where things are, are less black and white, less clear, and my pace at re-engaging might not be your pace. Your pace might not be your friends, or even your spouse's pace. And that gets tricky. Because some of us found a lot of comfort in our COVID caves. It's like that meme that went around at the beginning of the pandemic that showed a guy on the couch with, uh, you know, like a Slurpee and a bag of Doritos and a TV remote. And it says, okay, they've told us that we can save the world by staying home and watching TV. Let's not screw this up. <laughs> right? And a lot of us got really comfortable with that. Right? Wu says, I was happily a part of Team Couch. <laughs> Team Couch. She says, but now with a tiny prick in my shoulder, I'm facing all kinds of new questions, and I don't have a comprehensive playbook or guidebook telling me what I should do, and that feels complicated and difficult, and it is. And of course, other of us have been chomping at the bit to get together. Some of you were meeting outdoors in the dead of winter with friends just to have a cup of, co cup of coffee with a hu another human in the flesh. Right? So we're all at different places on this thing, and I think we're all over the map on this. And the key is that wherever you are, Jesus is there with you. Jesus is there with you. And so let's extend grace to one another in this new awkward time that we're in. Please extend grace to us as we figure out these Sunday gatherings. Uh, I know we haven't figured everything out perfectly yet. Uh, we haven't done this in a long time. 
uh, and you may have different ideas about what we should be doing or shouldn't be doing, we're always open to feedback, but please extend grace to us, to ourselves. We're all trying to figure it out. We're all trying to do the best we can, and also extend grace to yourself in this time. Extend grace to yourself. If you might be feeling something weird about why do I feel apprehensive as I see my schedule fill up and it's not just online, give some grace to yourself as well and figure out what you need in this time as best you're able. As best you're able. And let's be guided by that wise old question what is it that gives life in this moment? We allow that question to guide us. It will be good not only for ourselves, but for others as well. Amen. Namaste. to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. streaming on Facebook. You can also watch these messages on the Holland UCC YouTube channel. And for more information, how to get involved, or to support our work, like us on Facebook or visit hollanducc.org.